What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Forward Progress, live here on the Forward Progress YouTube channel, part of the Hammer Betting Network and powered by Pinnacle Sportsbook. I'm producer Jason, your host here every Friday on the Forward Progress YouTube channel alongside Jack Miller from Established to Run, John Legaza from The Athletic, and Matt Freeman from The Fantasy Life. We're going to be covering our favorite prop bets for this divisional round this weekend in the NFL here. Before we get into those, though, guys, quickly, Go hit that like button and hit that subscribe button. If you haven't hit that subscribe button already, does works for us here in the algorithm. Plus, I mean, we've been on an absolute heater over the past four weeks. If we haven't earned a like out of the gate, guys, I don't know what else you'd want from us here. So please, guys, if you've been tailing our picks, you've been watching the show for a while now, don't, please remember to hit that like button. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. We've got tons of great football content for you here on this channel to close out this football uh, playoff season here. One more thing before we get into before we get into the props here, guys. Uh, first of all, four games on the slate. We're gonna be hitting every single game here. We've got a couple props for each game, um, and yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. But I want to quickly remind you guys about our sponsor over at Pinnacle. Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sportsbook, offering competitive odds for 25 years. We love to preach line shopping on this channel with everyday competitive odds. Pinnacle should be one of your available sportsbooks. If you're looking to support the show, make sure you use code Hammer when signing up to Pinnacle. That's code Hammer. When signing up to Pinnacle, your trusted sportsbook for 25 years, Bet Smart, Bet Pinnacle, must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly here, guys. All right, let's get right into it here. Before I get into it, though, I want to let you guys know that we've been absolutely crushing it. And to start the playoffs, we're up like a, we're, I think we're up like 33% ROI. So, like, let's keep it going here. Let's keep it going here. And we're going to start off, obviously, with a Saturday, more, or Saturday evening, afternoon, Saturday afternoon game here between the, Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore coming off two weeks rest and uh, Houston looked pretty good in that game against the Cleveland Browns there. Matt, we're going to start with you. You're batting lead off for us here. Rookie sensation, CJ Stroud. You're looking towards him today, but you're not looking at his passing yards. You're looking at his rushing yards. You're looking at his over of eight and a half for his rushing yards here. So tell us a little bit about this one. Yeah. I mean, good news. I'm not... Uh saying that anyone should bet on a kicker this week so we're already <laughs> ahead ahead of where we we ordinarily are uh, yeah cj Stroud. this isn't like a um like a particularly like nuanced handicap but it's just he's an underdog in this spot a pretty big underdog nine and a half points and if you look at what he has done this year in the spot of being an underdog when he's been losing games uh, he's just been going over this. So in his seven games as an underdog, 14.9 rushing yards per game, uh, four games, he's been an underdog of at least a field goal, 14 and a half rushing yards in those games. You look at the games he has lost six losses, 13 rushing yards in those games, four games in which he's lost by at least a field goal, 15.75 rushing yards in those games. The Ravens have allowed a quarterback to rush for 16.8 yards per game this year. Stroud week one, it was a long time ago, but you know, still something that you can look at. It's a data point Stroud in week one going against the Ravens had 20 yards rushing, um, you know, and just it's the playoffs. Quarterbacks tend to be a little more willing to run the ball in this spot, uh, a little more willing to abandon the pocket, and then also a little more willing to fight for extra yards when they are running. So eight and a half is a pretty low number for a guy who's an underdog and isn't a pocket sloth. So taking the over of eight and a half here, and I have it projected at 10.3. So even if it gets up to nine and a half, I'd still be willing to bet it. 
Yeah, that's uh, I, I like this look here. And I was actually going to ask you uh, about that quickly just before I get into this question, though. I just want to remind everyone we are tracking all of our plays here live on the show at on Betstamp. I uh, just search for Progress HQ. You know, just look over my head if you're watching on YouTube right now. Uh, just search for Progress HQ on Betstamp. You find all of our plays tracked live there. And I was going to ask you, like, have you noticed that the the odds for quarterbacks uh, in the playoffs have changed at all from the season? Like, it feels like like you said. Quarterbacks are more willing to abandon the pocket more here in the playoffs. Um, have you noticed at all them like either bumping it up a little bit or is it about the same? They've made adjustments, but I would say in many cases, I don't know if they've adjusted enough. Like mm -hmm. it is just known like Patrick Mahomes and the playoffs, like yeah. he runs more, you know, it's just, it's a thing across the board. And, you know, like for people who have been watching, listening throughout the season, this is something that I've said repeatedly, but especially like early on in the year, uh, quarterback rushing props, I think were just kind of mispriced generally, mm -hmm. or, you know, weren't as, weren't as efficient as some of the other props that we would see across the board. And I think this ties into that a little bit where even though there have been some slight adjustments for particular players, like Mahomes, his rushing prop is a little bit higher. There've been adjustments for particular players across the board. There hasn't been like the widespread bumping up of all quarterback rushing props. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense here. I just wanted to ask you that because uh, I love that look. And just a reminder, we got that over of eight and a half at uh, minus 110, which is a pretty widely available number here. Let's move on to our next next prop we got on the board here. In the two-hole, John, you're going to be hidden hidden for us here. We're sticking with this Baltimore game. Flipping over to the other side of the ball here, though. You're looking at Lamar Jackson's over on passing yards. Just reported today that we will likely not be seeing Mark Andrews, but this pass often seems to have been working without him over the past couple of weeks here. So break down why you like this Lamar prop here is over on passing yards. Yeah, let's go. You should love this one, Jay. I know you're a big LJ guy. I just think there's, a, there's just an element of disrespect going on. So the baseline is at 226.5. I think we want to start there. I know I've been generally starting a bit higher in the lattice, but just in case. So we're going to go 227, then up to plus 250 yards is plus 150. Let's get a tenth of a unit on plus 300 yards. That's plus 550, right? That's what we really want. Okay, so right off the bat, I mentioned anything on the 230 feels a little light on its face. And I think similar to what Matt said, it probably has to do with the week one game. Houston was very good against him. I think Lamar went like 169-0. Again, not great, but that was also like 18 weeks ago. And I'm going to get into why I don't think that's as impactful. It feels a little bit lazy as a cap. Also, his average is 230 passing yards per game right on the nose. It's a Houston D that I want to look at. They've been a bit of a circus at times. A lot of the stuff that we've done throughout the year, and again, Jay, hopefully I've been part of this kind of hot streak we're on, focusing on preventative schematics, right? So Houston, a lot of 5DB, a lot of cover three heavy zones. How that manifests itself, 29th in completion allowed, that's nearly 64%. And then bottom 10 grades and passing yards per game, yards perception, and 20-yard completions on the season, all the things we're going to want. They allowed the second most 300-yard passers. That number was six. It was actually tied with the hapless commanders behind the Eagles. So talk about like falling apart. They've allowed 10 of the last 14 QBs to go over. But the thing I'm looking at is the shift we've seen on the Baltimore side of the ball, R.E. Cola offense. I'm looking at you, Todd Monken. After the bye, I was actually running about this the other day. I, I, not that he cares or knows who I am, but I do owe him an apology because I was really excited for the high-flying Monken offense. We were going to get more target depth. Keep that in mind, right? That's what we were going to get, and we didn't get it. And I was a little upset because we wanted Lamar Jackson as a passer at the center of the offense. 
Fast forward after the bye, that is exactly what we got. Dropbacks up to 37 per game. The passing yard went from 218 to 265. EPA per attempt nearly tripled. EPA per dropback just through the roof from negative to a positive 0.27. The passer rating from 98 to 114. And then again, yards per attempt from under 8 to nearly 9. Air yards per attempt from 8-1 to nearly 9-3. And the deep pass attempt has jumped from 8 again to over 10. So that's what we're talking about, that kind of depth of target and him challenging the secondary, being more willing to. I just think they're going to kind of carve him up. So, yeah, give me the Ravens. Give me LJ to do it. I guess, you know, you always want to look at the way this fails. Is It would have to be his legs, right? They're not much of a running team between the tackles. And if there are any big plays in the aerial side, we get it. So the only way this fails is if Lamar maybe runs for 100 yards. So that might even be like a good hedge as another ladder bet, because if Baltimore finds itself behind, 230 should be no problem. If they find themselves ahead, we're hoping that the passing game has something to do with it. So hopefully we get up to 300, another 550 in the bag. That would be eight weeks in a row, by the way. Heave ho, seven in a row, Jay. Who could believe that? Hey, John, I want to ask a question jumping in here. So you kind of mentioned like the way in which this fails. I, the wind feels like it could be an increasing concern here. So like the the total for this game opened at 46, been bet down to like, I think like the 43 and a half, yeah. something like that in the market now. And looking at the forecast at uh, MT&T Stadium, like it looks like throughout the game, there could be uh, like a pretty steady wind of around like 20 ish miles per hour with wind gusts, like up to like the thirties and the forties. Like it feels like if this doesn't hit, that is probably the reason why, like what, are, but of course, like, you know, you're, you're looking at the tales of events and how like the upside could hit, but what are your thoughts on the wind? Yeah, I guess weather could be a part of it. Maybe been hanging out with Cardi too much. I don't really overreact to weather to football weather too much, right? We had people just blowing their brains out for that Bills game, even after the postponement. And I just – it doesn't always matter that much. I generally want to see, I don't know, wind gusts over 30, sustained over 20. We're not really at that. I've seen 12 to 15, which is getting close. Also, I think a part of it is the Baltimore passing game has been predicated on a lot of, like, slants. So I think I'm baking in a lot of yak into it. I'm looking at like Zay mm -hmm. Flowers and even Odell Beckham. Like, right, Beckham's big plays haven't been 50 yards through the air. They're 20-yard completions because of the yak. But I think we'd have to get some couple crossers. So, yeah, I think you're right. I probably omitted that. I didn't mean to misframe it. So I think weather could be a thumb in the eye. But I do think we get there with Yak. So I'm, I'm yeah. 230 just feels so low. I mean, I, yeah, my projection is over the 226 and a half. Okay. That's the bottom the run. Uh, it's not quite a 250, but like okay, but at okay. that point, but it's plus two, it's plus 150 at the mm -hmm. 250 yards, you know? Right, so right. like, you know, I, I like feel that the ladder, like the first rung on the ladder is very achievable, even with the wind. Um, but I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on Jason, how the wind you know, might you know, factor in. Because I was in Jason's ear this morning. I, I, this might be the first minus bet I've posted all year, and I was in his ear about just that, Matt. So you actually, even though I know like you're, it's, it's doubt, but we want doubt, right? Because it's kind of that's good discourse, right? Mm -hmm. It's good content. But I did mention that to Jay, and that's why I started at the base run and not at the 250. I didn't want to fall flat again. I've said this before, but it is really important, people. If you're new here and betting ladders. However you want to do the math is up to you. The one hard, steadfast rule I have is if you hit the bottom rung, it should be a profitable venture. I think that's the only thing that really matters. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I appreciate that discourse there, guys. It's great stuff. And and I listen, I'm a Lamar Jackson stan. I, I I'm not gonna yeah, I'm not gonna are, crap on him, but it's important to take into account to the weather before before we bet here just a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's good discourse. I appreciate that, guys. Um and if you're uh, watching along, why don't you fire off some comments as well and let us know what you think. Uh if you if you think you're more on the John side of this or the Matt side of this, because I don't want to say you guys are disagreeing here, but it's uh it's, yeah. it's 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 yeah. it's discord listen it's it's discord so it's uh it's good to have what yeah i just to about? be clear i'm not dis i'm not disagreeing i'm not disagreeing with yeah, the bet yeah. i just kind of wanted to get the thoughts on how the weather factors mm -hmm. into it i also man i'd say because people listen to us and hear us talk about projections it's important to know how to use these things if your projections are over the base wrong that's like an auto smash because we're talking about a medium project we're talking about a medium right. projection here right so i mean th and that's also important right i understand what you're saying jay and you, we should throw a little shade in each other. That's fine. But right. If your projections are over, <laughs> you're get those really clicks against no, no, it's all good, guys. It's all love here on the show. As you guys know, we've had a lot of fun this this season. So, uh, yeah, just trying to get some more comments in on, on the chat here. But uh, anyways, we'll move on to the next game here. Uh, we have a lot to talk about for the rest of this show. Uh, they're going to look towards that Saturday night football game between the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers here. Jack, you're hitting in the three spot for us. Uh, listen, all season long, it's been the longest reception unders. And this week, you're looking at Romeo Dobbs. I mean, coming off of a massive week last week, uh, I think we've bet Romeo Dobbs a couple times this year. I think it's uh, done well for us here. So tell us a little bit about this one. Yeah, it's a, it's a very on-brand uh, week for me. We'll we'll start with Dobbs, but there's someone that's, that's even more on-brand that we'll get to uh, <laughs> later. But Dobbs has gone over this number six times all year. Obviously, he did it last week. Um, but even last week, his route participation was only 76%. On the season, he's at 79%. I think we have a, a pretty extended sample size of Dobbs' target earning ability. I, I think that last week is more likely just a, an outlier um, in terms of a targets per route run number than something we can expect to be sustained moving forward, especially considering that Christian Watson should be ramping up. Bo Melton is coming mm -hmm. on. So if anything, I think we should expect Dobbs' um, target per route run to be lower than it's been on the season. Um, we're still projecting above what our projected route participation and his seasonal um, target per route run would imply just because he was so great last week. Um, and, and even with that, we're still projecting an under on 17 and a half longest reception. Uh, you can find pretty low juice out there. I see uh, a minus 105. We have the median yep. here at 16. Um, so the projection supported, the game log supported, and obviously the 49ers defense um, is one of the best in the league. So Dobbs under 17 and a half longest reception. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned there, there's like a, a bunch, a bunch of like pass catchers here for the, the, the Green Bay Packers in the receiving game. It's almost better instead of like looking towards him hey, said this on a previous show, it's almost better to look instead of betting towards the over on some guys look to fade those guys at the higher end because of the guys like Bo Melton, the guys like, like Christian Watson. Potentially hey, I have a good add on for that too. Go ahead. John. So I was looking, I was actually looking at something like this because I've been trying to get into the mind of these guys kicking props and under stuff, but it's super sharp. It works. Right. And there's a lesson in that also Two Romeo Dobbs of every wide receiver in the NFL for the entire season with at least 50 catches. He was second worst in yak per reception in the entire league. And right. That's one of the things we want to look at. Like, he does not do anything with the ball after the catch. Like quite literally all of that is the effect of just a handful of catches. So I'm with this also. I'm starting to learn a bit about that. I mean, it's a, it's a really cool way to look at it. And sometimes you could just look at average reception, average yak per reception. It's way below these lines. Again, Jack chasing the upside. People go after that stuff, right? I, I think that's super sharp. 
Yeah, fair, fair enough here. And, that, and that's that's the thing is that, like you said, seem to be chasing that that uh, the previous week there. You don't want to get caught chasing uh, in these bets. Love that. So track that under 17 and a half longest reception uh, for Romeo Dobbs. You can find that at minus 105, a pretty, pretty widely available uh, shop here. Pinnacle hanging the minus 108 there as well. If you don't have uh, one of those books and you do have Pinnacle, you can go play it at the minus 108 there. Second best price in market. Before we get into our next prop with Matt here for this game, um, just want to quickly remind you guys that we do, we will be running a watch long for this game as we've been doing for every night game, uh, throughout the, pretty much throughout the season here. Uh, it'll be myself, Rob Pizzola alongside a couple special guests, including, including Aiden O'Sullivan, Clive Bigsby, Sharp Clark, and Jeff Feinberg. A lot of fun on these shows. Uh, last week we, we do like some pregame betting as well. We hit, uh, David Moore anytime touchdown, which was pretty, pretty bananas there. A lot of fun. Uh, so if you haven't checked it out, guys, make sure you subscribe here down below, or you're following us over on Twitter to find out when. We go live, by the way, we go live at 8 p.m. here on this channel, but it's better if you just subscribe because you're probably not going to remember that by this time tomorrow. So, yeah, hit that subscribe button if you want to check out those watch longs. They're a lot, a lot of fun. Um, let's continue with this game here, Matt. Your prop, uh, you, this is, I, I like, when you said this one, I was like, hmm, this, this one is interesting here. Um, you've been a proponent of the CMC TD basically all year, which is, uh, I, I mean, some people talk about not paying juice, which is fine, but like, I mean, Based on your projections, it seems like it was it was a good bet and it was showing value for you here. But you're doing something a little different here. The CMC TD, I think, is at like around minus 170-ish range. And you're looking to pair it with something in a little SGP. Um, and you're going to pair it with his under on his total yards, his total scrimmage yards here. So kind of break this one down for this one down here for us and kind of how you came to get to, to this point uh, playing this play. Yeah, so I, I definitely like to get your guys' thoughts on this. And so the anytime touchdown for Christian McCaffrey right now, I'm looking at FanDuel where I uh, can get the most advantageous odds on the SGP. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is minus 340. So, you know, like you're paying significant juice there. I have that priced at like minus 572. So I still think that even at the minus 340, there's some value there. But The idea of combining with the under on the scrimmage yards is intriguing because one, I have a projection on the under on the scrimmage yard. So I just kind of inherently see some value there anyway. uh, Right now it's 127.5 at uh, FanDuel. I'm Mm -hmm. about 10 yards under that. And I will say because I'm doing that, I'm getting some negative correlation here, Mm -hmm. which uh, helps get this to an even higher number. So if you went to a parlay calculator and I'm going to be uh, like apologies for the nerdiness, like the numbers based nerdiness and nope. talking no about this, there. but I, I feel like it, it's important, right? So if you go to a parlay calculator and you type in minus 340 and minus 114, which is the odds for going under uh, 127 and a half, uh, you get plus 143. But at uh, FanDuel, we get plus 172 odds. So the sports book is pricing this as if these are inversely correlated. And in general, they are. You know, like yards and touchdowns are generally positively correlated. Like the more yard. And so it makes sense. You look at Christian McCaffrey this year. He led the league in touchdowns, led the league in scrimmage yards. Like touchdowns and yards generally are correlated. However, I think this might be a little bit of a special week where maybe like these two props aren't as correlated as the market would think. Um, And let me kind of give some of the rationale. And maybe like these two props are like totally uncorrelated. So we are in the playoffs. For the 49ers, this is literally the most important game of the season, except for the next one and hopefully the one after that for them. So because of the importance of this game, 
they are going to give, as usual, Christian McCaffrey the normal workload near the end zone. Like those important touches, high leverage touches, McCaffrey is going to get that. And we're talking about a team with the 49ers, nine and a half point home favorites, a game total of 50 and a half. So that gives them 30 points implied for the week. Uh, easily the highest total. Like they're going to have multiple touchdowns in this game. I think that means multiple opportunities near the end zone for McCaffrey to score a touchdown. So I think like business as usual for McCaffrey in terms of like opportunities to score a touchdown. That said, this is like this is the most important game, and they're looking ahead to the next games after this. McCaffrey has had uh, a season high 339 touches even though he missed part of week 17 and part of week 18 with the injury and McCaffrey, even though he practiced in full this week, he was still listed on the injury report with that calf injury. Like there's the possibility knowing that they've given him the most touches out of anyone in the, the league, knowing that they have, uh, you know, that like he's coming off of this injury and maybe not quite a hundred percent knowing that they have a really good number two running back and Elijah Mitchell that they can rely on. Uh, and then knowing that if they get out to a big lead, they might not need to feed McCaffrey. Uh, and of course, more important games coming up in the future, we could see a situation where McCaffrey ends up getting the goal line opportunities as usual, but doesn't get the full workload because they don't need to give him the full workload and they want to save him just a little bit. So even if that means that they give him like they just scale it back a little bit in the fourth quarter and they give him you know, like two to three fewer opportunities in this game, that could be the difference between him going over and going under. So if I can get this at plus 174 odds, I'm kind of inclined to do it. Not, not even kind of inclined to do it. I'm inclined to do it. So uh, I think that there is, just because of the weird circumstances of this being the playoffs, they want to give him the important touches, but maybe don't want to give him all of the touches. This could be a situation where the books aren't pricing this as accurately as the reality of the situation. Yeah, no, I, I, I personally love this look here because like for all the things that you said there, plus like, again, we could, like you said, we could just see, realistically, San Fran completely run away with this game here. Um, we know that the Green Bay Packers defense hasn't been good. So if if we're seeing some early plays to like guys like uh, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, uh, Brandon Ayuk, they have like legit playmakers outside of McCaffrey. The offense doesn't have to run through McCaffrey for them to get a, a big lead here. And all, and all you really need is that touchdown, which I mean, if the ball end, ever ends up near the goal line, it's probably going to him. I, I personally love this look here, John or, or Jack. I don't know if you guys want to jump in here for a sec john you want to you want to jump in here yeah i mean it sounded it sounded like a lot more ifs than maybe it should have because it's not really wish casting on that kind of utilization we saw it quite distinctly last season you're getting a full dose of mccaffrey more mccaffrey than you could stomach until they get up two scores and then we saw him come out for entire entire drives at a time then mccaffrey comes back in to kind of seal the deal in the second half. And then the fourth quarter, the foot came back off the gas. If you're looking for something more recently, this quite literally just happened week 17 versus Washington. San Francisco needed the game, but didn't really need, like they, you know, they needed it, but they knew it was probably in hand. Kind mm. of similar to now, double digit spread. You got old McCaffrey, you could stomach. He scored. Then they were up two scores. Mitchell touched the ball 18 times against Washington, 18 times. That is not wishy-washy that means they believe in this guy to tote the rock 
I'm fully with this. And all you need is for the Sprite to kind of play out, right? It's not, it's a double digit spread, which is where you get your blowouts. I kind of also think Green Bay is going to not say turn into a pumpkin. I think they should be really proud. I think the fans, everybody involved should be glad the competitive window is just starting to crack open. Maybe the defense, we get all the money that they put into it out of it next year. But right now, I think it's over. I think San Fran's a little too good on all phases. And I think it sets up perfectly for that. Plus, just in a vacuum, 129. It's up to 128 on DK. But anyway, 129 scrimmage yards is a ton. Man, that is just a boatload. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that I, I, I completely didn't even mention there. Jack, your thoughts on this? Yeah. I, uh, I think it's interesting. I think I'd have to like think about it more and look into, I guess his outputs in, in some of those games that the Niners have blown out their opponents. Um, but I do think it makes sense. We have McCaffrey for 138 scrimmage yards. Um, so, but, but I do think that it's an interesting like game script thought process where you know if if they're up 20 in the fourth quarter it, it means that McCaffrey almost certainly has scored um and it also means that Elijah Mitchell's probably in the game um so I don't I, I so I guess that's a lot of words to say that I don't really know but I think it's I'd want to like look more into it because I think it's a pretty interesting thought process very very creative here from Matt and just to Howdy in the chat's asking if it's CMC total yards, not rush yards. Yes, total scrimmage yards, rushing plus receiving, however you want to verb it, not, not rush yards. And you can find that total at around 127, 128 and a half, depending on where you look. And I think Matt Matt did his homework there earlier, uh, earlier in the day, pairing it with the touchdowns. He found his best best price over on FanDuel, uh, which you can get a plus 172 at, I think. I checked earlier today, it was plus 173. Yeah, so I think right, as right now. Go ahead. Yeah, right yeah. now looking at it, plus one seventy two for McCaffrey anytime touchdown and under one hundred twenty seven and a half scrimmage yards. Yeah, so that's that's the parlay there, and uh, yeah, I think every time we input it in, if we keep inputting it without betting it, it feels like the odds just go down one every single time. Because I think I, I was looking earlier as well, and it was at one seventy three. Odds didn't change, but for some reason they bumped it down by one. I don't know what what happened there. Anyways, uh, let's move on to the next game. We got three. More props before we close out the show here, guys. Before we do, just want to uh, ask you guys if you can give us a quick little thumbs up here. Uh, I really appreciate it. If uh, Even if just half of you hit the like button, we would double the current likes we have right now. So yeah, guys, make sure you're hitting that like button. Just takes one second to do so here. Uh, let's move on to the Tampa Bay and Detroit game. Roar has officially been restored. Detroit finally wins the playoff games after, what was it, 30-ish years? I don't know, long, super long time. Anyways, uh, let's talk about this game between uh, the Buccaneers and the Lions. John, we're going to throw it to you. Third game on the slate. Uh, I mean, this is this is the, the theme of the last three props here is old reliable. Game. The theme of the props is old reliable. So Rashad White, reception ladder. John, tell us about it. Why are they letting me still do this? I honestly don't <laughs> understand. This has easily been... I mean, I don't have the means to actually grade all this stuff going backwards. This has easily been my my most valuable prop all season. The book refuses to adjust. They absolutely refuse to adjust. So let's go get him again, Jay, and see if we can get this one. I actually think we've hit this twice, two full ladders on this show already. Hopefully this will be number three. So Rashad White receiving ladder receptions. Four receptions is plus 135. Five receptions is plus 300. Six receptions is plus 650. I swear I've said this before. Among all running backs, he's second in the league in route participation. He takes every snap. He was fifth in the league in receptions. He's averaging four receptions a game, which is a plus money bet for some reason that I can't figure out. Again, I who did he do it against? Right? It happened eight times. 
three of the last four. I want to highlight some of the teams it happened against because I think we're going to get there. Man, I was just listening to Matt's boy, Dwayne McFarlane, lay out why he's under this prop. He's under the baseline in this prop. So I was like going to group before his play was predicated on the amount of man D being played. Uh, for me, that dog don't hunt. I'm going to go another route. I'm going to, you know, juke the other direction. So it's been the Bears, the Falcons, Bills, Jaguars, Saints, and Panthers. What do you notice there? Lots of good interior defense. And in fact, five of those six teams, I believe, are five of the seven top defensive success rates against the running game. Now you get Detroit. That's one of those missing two. They've only allowed 88 rush yards a game, less than four yards a carry. Tampa is objectively one of the worst running teams in the league, and they're also very quick to abandon the run and turn to an extension of the run game to Rashad White, who, man, I think he's PFF's top-rated pass catcher as a running back, but still he's excellent in that game. So despite a top-five pressure rate and being top-five in hurries per game, the Detroit pasties turn themselves into a pass funnel. They're 27th or worse in passing yards a game, yards per reception, 20-yard receptions, and the last four games, the wheels have completely fallen off 352 receiving yards a game allowed across last four games. That's including the game against the Rams. So I think we're going to see what we've seen a lot of. One, you got the Bucs with absolutely nothing to lose. I can't believe I'm a Baker Mayfield fan right now. But the way he's playing, the way they've rallied around them, I think they actually have a pretty good chance to win this one if they make this move. If they decide to extend the run game laterally, you're going to get a ton of white. I don't know why a six-catch game for 21 yards is not – in the card. So give me Rashad White to clump the ladder again, Jay. I just can't believe they're letting it do it. Uh, maybe I'll get in freezing cold take on this one. Though. It, no, maybe. But also at the same time, like if you looked at uh, how kind of Tampa Bay played last week versus uh, previous weeks, I know we didn't really get that much neutral game script there with them kind of jumping out to an, a lead pretty early on. But right, when they, they were way neutral- ahead, you're not going to get it there. We're no, an yeah, underdog but- on the fastest track. Plus, I hate to do it to the Philly fans out there. That offense was trashola by the time we hit week. week th- that's just what it is. Man, I like Hurts. I still think they're good. I think they're going to be better than the public thinks next season. But entering that game, they were objectively terrible. Tampa Bay is going to have their handful with this Lions offense, which is very good. So I think we're going to get a pin. This one could be an absolute carnival. Whatever. I just think we're getting six catches easy. Give me four catches yeah. by the half. Of course. And, and what I was going to say there is Cleve Tia, who uh, contributes to this network, he's on the Monday show. He tweeted out um, that pa- the pass rush over expected there was actually much higher in that playoff game than it was. Uh, sorry, the neutral pass rate, excuse me, the neutral pass rate in uh in, in the neutral game script was much higher than than uh, normally was they're throughout learning, the season. There. So they're, they're, they're passing the ball a little bit coaching. more like. Instead of running at for, on first and second down like they've normally done. Oh, like Dallas, game. Rob Pizzola, sorry, homie. They just would not – Dallas would not adjust in real time, and that is what you get. You get served. That's what this league is, man. You can go in with a very strong game plan, but you have to be willing to just whoop, toss it out the window and learn on the fly. It was so sad because my brother-in-law is the world's biggest cowboy fan outside of Texas, and he is still nauseous. But that's what it is. <laughs> Tampa Bay showed the willingness to kind of be malleable, man. You know, I, we talk about this in baseball all the time. So when I see that, I jump on it. I think we're going to get it. Yeah, I, I, listen, I, I I like the play here. Um, let's let's move on, though. Uh, let's try and close out the show here. We got two more props. Uh, sticking with this game, again, like I said, running theme is old reliable here, Jack. Old reliable, Mr. Kate Auden. We've been on his under a couple times this year. We've seen it as low as like 12 and a half. I think there was a time it was like an 11 and a half. We weren't playing it, but uh, it's gone all the way up here to 15 and a half, his longest reception here. Uh, so tell us why you like that under 15 and a half longest reception. 
Yeah, I mean, th- this is one I've played uh, a few times, but I-, I understand why it's up at 15 and a half now after he just mm-hmm. absolutely went off against Philadelphia. Yeah. But yeah, Otten is a guy where I don't really think much changes week to week. Mm-hmm. He's going to play every snap. He's going to run around on pretty much every Baker Mayfield drop back. It's just that he's not much of a target earner um, historically. Obviously, he did well to earn targets last week, but I think we just have such a big sample size almost. I mean, we have this whole season and then we have last season, um, second half of last season, where he's just not a huge target earner. Um, so we bumped uh, Odin's target share, just tracking to his seasonal target share, which is pretty much the way we've projected it all year. And we have um, a median of 13 here. His ADOT, um, I actually just closed the tab accident, but I think it's 6.8. Um, he's gone over this six times all season. So this line's been 13 and a half all year. I don't, I, I get that the Detroit defense is not awesome. Um, but I think that this is just an overreaction for a player who's been in the same role coming off a game against maybe the worst defense in the league. Um, so yeah, Kate Odden under 15 and a half longest reception. Love it. And uh, I mean, price is a little bit more like looking at like around the minus 115 and a half, but of course, pinnacle over here, minus 103 towards that under longest reception here. I mean, got to lock that in under uh, longest reception, 15 and a half minus 103 over at pinnacle best price in market by far here. And it seems like they've had some pretty good prices on the longest reception market uh, here throughout the year. So yeah, locking that one in. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to the next one here. Last prop of the day. Matt, let's close this one out here. We're going to look at the Kansas City and Buffalo Bills matchup. The kind of the one matchup we've been looking forward to. It feels like every single year it's almost inevitable at this point. Um, so, Matt, uh, you're looking. I don't want to call this one old reliable because I don't think you played him too too many times, but I do remember you have played a couple. Uh, Josh Allen over interceptions here. So, tell us a little to close out this show. Tell us your thoughts on Josh Allen over the half interception, which you can find at minus one hundred five. Yeah. So, quick side note. Um, the Cade Otten under, like, mm. I feel like this is the most excited I have seen Jack uh, all season. <laughs> uh, just, he's like 15 and a half, 15 and a half. You know, like, it just, uh, it, it feels like he's just so thrilled to have this 15 and a half opportunity there with Cade Otten. And that's a little bit the way I feel about this Josh Allen number. Um, <laughs> you know, like, congratulations. Josh Allen did not throw an interception last week. You know, I feel like that's, impacting this number just a little bit um and so i bet it at minus 105 it is available at even money at, at bet mgm just like unreal um that they're saying that there's a 50 percent chance that josh allen does not throw an interception in this game uh he has 18 interceptions in 18 games this year including the playoffs it's just i feel like that could basically just be the blurb like he averages one interception a game, but um, man, even if you are kind of being positive about the Josh, like looking for the factors in his favor mm-hmm. in this game, you could say, all right, since week 11, they are passing the ball much less aggressively. They've leaned a lot into the running game and that that is fair. And you could also say, all right, they're two and a half point home favorites. There's the possibility that they're going against a chief's defense that is exploitable in the running game. And so they lean into that all the more they get a lead. And that just means we don't see Josh Allen throw the ball all that much in this game. And that helps them keep clean. Okay. All of that, like that's possible. The thing is, even since they switched from Ken Dorsey 
to uh, quarterbacks coach, now offensive coordinator Joe Brady, even since they made that switch, he is still, he being Josh Allen, has still thrown seven interceptions in eight games. And in wins, he still throws interceptions. They beat the Chiefs in week 14, 20 to 17. And Josh Allen still threw an interception in that game. Like win or lose, Josh Allen throws interceptions. So I have this projected at minus 133.5. I think it's bettable up to minus 125. Even money, you know, that is a gift, even if like that's just available at only one book and it's more reasonable to bet it at minus 105, 110, whatever. I, I still feel that that is bettable. Josh Allen throws interceptions. I mean, he's throwing an interception in every game but four this year. You know, it's just like, this this feels like a gift. So yeah. uh, I am very much on board of Josh Allen throwing an interception in this spot. Even yeah. if you even if you are optimistic on the Bills, that doesn't preclude Josh Allen staying uh, staying clean. Yeah, there's an over. There's even an over one or one o two plus one o two in market here. You can't get a lot at that shot, but there is like a. A, a potential arb opportunity available uh there's a minus 102 on the under as well so i mean like very seems like the lines are a little bit all over the the place here but uh yeah i mean i'm gonna lean into the josh allen that he's likely gonna throw an interception than not just simply put with how poorly this buffalo defense has been it's gonna force them to put points up on the board here and they're gonna need to be aggressive if they're down at all i mean if there's gonna be a time when it's aggressive it's when you know you're the future of your team matters, right? Like for you to next get to that next game in the playoffs here. Uh, if you lose, you're out. So yeah, I'm going to lock that in at plus 100 here. Love that look. Uh, and John, you want to, you want to throw something in there? And no? scratch my head. I can't believe <laughs> I, like when he was laying out the, the cap, like, well, yeah, we kind of know that, but I can't believe the price. It's insane. How was that? 50, 50. There's no, yeah, I, I almost was, didn't, I'm not saying I didn't believe you, but you know, lines move a lot. Maybe it was, Oh no, it's live right now at 105, 100. I just I have a hard time believing that. Did you also part of it is um the Chiefs D has really kind of been like undersold a bit, especially when they're healthy. Mm -hmm. Daigle had a tweet this week that they're like a top three defensive unit in the league when they're all together between yeah, Sneed and Jones and those guys. I don't know, they're excellent. I actually think Kansas City is gonna win, which is even better for the pick. If Josh Allen throws a pick. Waking up, waking up out of bed in the morning, whenever they're behind and needs to be pressured. Yeah, I'm total. Like I'm totally with this one. Love it, love it. All right, that uh, that just about does it for here for us here, guys. Over on Forward Progress. Reminder: If you missed any of the plays, you can find all of them tracked on Forward Progress HQ's Betstamp account. Head over to Betstamp. Type in FWD Progress HQ. Follow us on Betstamp. We track all of our plays live as we are on air right here, right now. You can see me kind of in the background clicking around. That's yeah, I'm trying to track plays here. So yeah, make sure you follow us on there. And then also, if you're not, if you're new here, hit that subscribe button. If you enjoy the content today, hit that like button. Uh, and if you want, leave us a comment on what you're what you're betting on uh, this week here. Um, oh, how before I head out here, how do you ask? How do we feel about a sprinkle on the over? one and a half i assume he's talking about interceptions for josh allen here playing a little bit of a josh allen over interception ladder here matthew freeman and john legaza crossing paths i love it at plus 475 matt yes. i'll start with i'll start with john john yes 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 yes, yes, yes. John, yeah john john's all john's all over they're gonna lose they're going to lose <laughs> buffalo's going to lose this game i i feel really like alone on an island here i feel like Kansas City is kind of what we've been waiting for. We wanted them to get healthy on defense, to find an answer on offense. They kind of checked 
both of those boxes, they still have Patrick Mahomes. Pacheco looks excellent. I don't know. I'm not seeing this the way everyone else is seeing this. Five, 500 for two picks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Uh, Matt, go ahead. It, it probably won't surprise anyone to know I'm a little less enthusiastic on this than than John is, but I, I'm not far off from this. I have a, I think like plus 500 would probably be fair for him to throw two interceptions. So I'm not like that far off from the plus 475. Yeah, yeah. For, it should come out of a out of a larger bet. You know what I mean? If you're looking at a unit intense. You put nine out of 10 on the baseline. You get a nice hit if you hit it and you leave that little piece and Casey comes out and throws a pick in the, on the first drive. You're probably now you should feel great about getting the second one. Cause you thought you're going to get it over the course of a game. Again, the, the pricing of these alt lines really has kind of taken me to a new stratosphere. As far as betting NFL showed this year, I've done very well. Yeah. Fair enough here. And a quick reminder guys, if, as you can see on screen, you can follow Matt, John and Jack all on Twitter. They kind of go through all this stuff. Uh, throughout their Twitter. So make sure if you're not following them on Twitter already, guys, what are you doing? Make sure you're following them over on Twitter. Thank you, Howdy. Appreciate all the questions in the chat. We appreciate the interaction. Uh, yeah, that wraps up our second last show here. Second last prop show here on uh, Forward Progress HU YouTube channel. Quick reminder before we head out here, guys, one more time, hit that like button if you'd enjoy the content. Today. And if you're new here, hit that subscribe button. We got tons of great football content for you throughout the weekend. John, quickly, you said you, you feel like you're on an island here with KC. Eric Eager over on our best bet show. He picked KC Moneyline at his best bet of the week. So it's not just you, man. It's not yeah, you just too. you. Okay, cool. I'm on, we're, we're I'm on KC as well. Cool, yeah, cool. I think we all are here. I Wait, don't know Matt, about... the plus three or you like the outright win? I saw the two and a half move to three and like that sold me. Just out of curiosity. Yeah, I, I grabbed a three um, at minus 110 when it was there. But I would yeah. honestly, if it hadn't, hadn't gotten there, I would have bet on the money line. Yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. think Casey has a very good chance to win. And a lot of it has to do with the familiarity uh, that they have the clear rest advantage. One extra day yeah. versus Buffalo minus a day. And then Buffalo has the injuries on the defense. That just pushes me towards Kansas State. Plus, like yeah. Mahomes as an underdog is just absolutely smashed. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, it it's as simple as like if you give me the opportunity to bet on one of the best quarterbacks of all time as an underdog, I'm probably going to do it. So yeah, yeah. And then last thing before we go, Jack, last last one, close it out here. Your thoughts on the KC KC money line? If you bet it, if not, quick gut check, just top of your head. What what would you take there? Uh, yeah, that's uh, I I lean that way, but that's not my area that I usually uh, look to bet. Fair enough. Fair enough here. Just wanted to get your quick thoughts on that. Anyways, we appreciate guys. Like I said, third time. Calm uh, down, Jack. Relax yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button, guys. We appreciate you tuning in. Drop a comment on what plays you're playing this week. Drop a comment on who you think uh, is going to win between the the, the Chiefs and the Bills. Are you taking the money line on on the Chiefs? Are you taking that plus two and a half, plus three? Are you looking to lay the the points here with the Bills? Anyways, guys, uh, before we head out, one last thing. Quick reminder, tomorrow live at 11 a.m. Eastern, Rob Soul will be live for the Pizza Buffet. Do it every single weekend here. Kind of last-minute picks before we get into uh, this super fun divisional round slate here. So if you're looking for any last-minute bets and you're looking for some value that could still be left on the board, Rob will kind of go through his favorite plays that are still available at 11 a.m. Eastern time over on this channel. Uh, so anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate the comments there uh, for myself. For John, for Matt, for Jack, this has been Forward Progress, powered by Pinnacle on the Hammer Betting Network. Guys, good luck on your bets this week.